0: College is an endurance race, and finishing is hard. It takes determination to keep going, and a belief that it's all going to be worth it in the end. But what if the current generation of students is just less sold on needing a college degree than their parents are? Hi, Jeff here. That is one question that arose from a podcast series we did earlier in the year about students who had some college credits, but no degree. We called the series Second Acts, and the main focus was on helping these students finish. But along the way, we learned about some resistance by younger folks to this popular narrative that most everyone needs college. For this week's Ed Surge podcast, we are reposting that episode of Second Acts, where you will learn whether the three students that we followed finished their degrees. And I want to call special attention to the final scene of this episode, where a father and a son both of whom dropped out of college in their 20s, debate whether to go back and finish. If you just want to jump to that section, it's at about minute 36. But definitely check out the whole episode if you haven't heard it already. Oh, and a quick program note, we are not going to publish an episode next week. We're going to take the week off for the holidays. But we'll be back first of the year. We've got a lot of great stuff in the works. Here is this encore episode. Hope you enjoy it. College graduation ceremonies are big events, meant to symbolize the size of the life achievement of getting a degree. The staging is full of pomp and symbolism, with participants wearing traditional academic gowns and walking across a stage in front of thousands of spectators, including friends and family. As grads process across the space and accept a rolled-up piece of paper, they're coming out of a years-long process of study and personal growth. Emerging as something new. Maybe like a chrysalis opening and becoming a butterfly. In May, Kirkwood Community College in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, held its first in-person commencement ceremony in three years. The pandemic had kept the last couple years virtual, as it did for so many ceremonies like it around the world. And the graduation was held in the biggest venue in town. The Alliant Energy Powerhouse Stadium one of the students who was eligible to walk in that ceremony was Gina Peterson, who has been working on her college degree, one class at a time, over the past seven years, and really for longer than that, because she first started college more than 20 years ago. As you might know if you've been listening along to this series, I have been following her story, and I was pumped that she'd finished. I asked if I could be there for the graduation ceremony, to document the big moment, but Gina had a very good reason why i shouldn't go to graduation <laughs> because i don 't want to <laughs> Gina had absolutely no intention of going to the ceremony and says until I mentioned it she hadn't even considered buying the graduation gown and walking
1: because it's because it's however many other people that i've never met sitting in an auditor or in a a vet center full of their friends and family whom I've also never met. I don't need that validation. I just need the degree. I just want to get this done.
0: Gina isn't finishing a coming-of-age chapter of her life. As this graduation ceremony stages so elaborately, Gina's now 42. She's been in a job that she loves for many years. She has a close group of friends. She was already a butterfly when she started the program. For her, the biggest win will be updating her LinkedIn page and resume and feeling more secure in her future career prospects. Maybe there should be a different kind of ceremony for returning students because the degree often means something different. It's not so much about emerging from a cocoon of isolated study. It's about being able to pick up knowledge while juggling school and family and work and keep learning even as life happens. That's the case for Tim Lum a 34-year-old in Honolulu. He hopes to one day get a job in computer programming. And he sees college as a place to pick up specific job skills and the degree to prove that he has them.
2: Having all the education, really, the, that's backing the degree is what would make me feel confident. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just very utilitarian in the sense of, oh, uh, man, I, my main goal is to get that job so I can have financial stability.
0: And for adult students... Finishing can be about proving you can complete something long and grueling. That's the case for Paul Carr, a 47-year-old in Detroit. When his father passed away more than 20 years ago, Paul promised him that he'd finish the degree that he had nearly completed after high school and that he had stopped out of when he found out that his then-girlfriend was expecting their first child. For years, Paul has been hearing his father's advice about hard work and perseverance in his head, And when I asked him what a finished degree would mean, he remembered something his father had said back when Paul quit piano lessons as a kid. And he got
3: choked up. I will have kind of redeemed myself um, over all of those years ago when I quit piano. And my dad said, you'll make a habit of it. Um, It will hopefully indicate to him Um, Although he's not here physically, it will indicate to him that his son listened to him and um, is honoring his wisdom that I'm not a quitter.
0: Hello and welcome to the Ed Surge podcast, a weekly look at the future of learning. I'm Jeff Young, a reporter and an editor here at Ed Surge. This is the third and final episode of a series we're calling Second Acts, where we're digging into the struggles of returning adult college students. Over this narrative series, we're following the educational journeys of three college students from different backgrounds and different parts of the country. Along the way, we're meeting some of the professors, academic coaches, and other folks working to help them succeed. And we hope to get beyond the typical recommendations of white papers to get at the heart of the college completion effort. In our previous episodes, we told the story of how Gina, Tim, and Paul stalled out of their first attempt at post-secondary education, and then what inspired them to go back. We learned about the many obstacles they faced to staying on track. You may want to go back and, and listen to those first two episodes before going further in this one. This week, we're focusing on the last mile as they get near the finish line of college. And we're exploring what a college degree means to a returning adult student. For Tim in Honolulu, the COVID-19 pandemic felt like a chance to go back to an education. He had gone to a trade school right after high school, but quickly dropped out. In the meantime, he had had plenty of success, helping friends start a company and years doing work in restaurants that he has loved. But he has long looked to college as a kind of magical place where people level up and achieve bigger things.
2: One of my friends, he owns a uh, solar company, a solar development company. And then his company actually did the work on the airport uh, here in Hawaii, as well as like all community colleges and a bunch of other stuff. So he has like a pretty big company. I always wonder, you know, like if I had gone to college sooner, like would I be in a place like that now?
0: So Tim took advantage of the enhanced unemployment benefits and other pandemic relief to enroll in not one, but two computer science programs a coding boot camp run by a for-profit college in town, and an associate's degree program at the local Kapai Olenai Community College. He figured that after finishing the coding boot camp, he'd have enough knowledge to get some work in computer science that he could do while he continued working toward that longer goal of getting his associate's degree, and then hopefully transferring to a four-year college. But he admits he has a tendency to overbook himself. And doing both educational programs at the same time turned out to be more than he could handle. So he got an extension on the boot camp. So he was allowed to take longer to finish it. Instead of nine months, it took Tim a year. But he powered through. And he graduated from that coding boot camp in March. How did he feel about the accomplishment?
2: Uh, Immense relief. That's what I felt. Uh... I felt like, I don't know, maybe this might be a feeling in coding in general, the feeling of not knowing enough or feeling you like you not know enough. But I did know that I picked up a great skill set. You know, even if it is just HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and React. Uh, I know there's hundreds, if not thousands, of other languages. But because I'm still in college, community college, as well as working, I didn't feel ready to try applying for any
0: jobs. In our last episode, Tim shared how chaotic that bootcamp felt at times, how uneven the quality of instruction was, and how often he had to go out on the internet to find videos to help him understand the coding concepts that were new to him, and sometimes unclear from what the coding bootcamp was teaching. I asked Tim whether he thinks he could have learned that material on his own, without the coding bootcamp at all.
2: I think it was possible like I think it's definitely possible. Would would I have? Probably not. Could I have? Yeah, I think the the weight of the amount of money that I spent <laughs> like definitely motivated me to 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 do it. <laughs> Be at every class and do everything I had to.
0: He spent $12,500 on that bootcamp. That felt like a huge amount and he was not going to let it go to waste. And Tim did manage to pull it off. Of course, coding boot camps, they market themselves as an alternative to college. And they say it's enough to get a job. I asked Tim why he didn't just stop there. Why did he feel that he still needed more than the boot camp credential?
2: Uh, I guess the quick, question, or quick answer would be because I want a better job. <laughs> like, and like the guarantee, I guess, of a better job um with coding bootcamp, i like you know now that i'm about two years in with uh the community college and then uh, after completing the coding boot camp i realized that coding bootcamp can definitely get you a job um and it can give you enough knowledge for you to be like in a freelancer independent like, programmer but There's so many skills that you need to have and you need to keep pushing. You're like trying to fight for contracts Um, because there are a lot of programmers out there and there's just so many skills that you need to have. And then depending on the business, there's so many like specific skill sets that you need to have um, just to work at a certain place or what they're looking for. But mm, if I were to finish college, you know, with a bachelor's degree, like there's so many, like the doors open up Like so many other doors open up Um, because I've been looking at all these people, all these places that are um, trying to hire people. And most of the good jobs uh, require a bachelor's degree.
0: So Tim's identity now includes being a college student. In our conversations, Tim had mentioned how supportive his girlfriend of two years has been in his educational quest. So last week, I connected with her, Maya Mayashiro to hear how she viewed what he was doing.
4: I'm really happy for him. When we first started dating, like he wasn't a student. He was pretty much full-time working in like the restaurant and service industry.
5: So yeah. it's almost
4: strange for me to see him as a student um, because I feel like he's a totally new person uh, and I'm really happy for in him. What, in what
0: way? What do you mean a totally new person? Um, That's so interesting.
4: Yeah, I feel like going to school, no matter if it's part-time or full-time, Really changes you, um, and I really appreciate that he's trying to further his education for his professional life, and it makes me really happy to see that. And I think naturally, if you're pursuing something like that, it makes you a little bit more passionate, more disciplined, uh, more tired. But it's all good.
0: More tired? <laughs> yeah. <so tired. laughs> yeah. Mayo was a college student when these two first met. She was working on a degree in political science at a local community college. But she hit a point where she wasn't sure what she wanted to do next, or if that major was right. So she's taking a break.
4: And I almost have a lot more respect for people who go back to school knowing exactly what they want to do versus rushing into it because it feels that that's that's what's necessary, but not necessarily what they want to do. Um, but yeah, I, I, want, I want to think a little bit more before I ultimately decide on my end degree. But I had finished all my prerequisites and then just sort of stepped back and like, wait, I think I'm going to pause.
0: And here I am. <laughs> so here they were. Tim had a plan. And with the coding bootcamp completed, he was able to focus more on his community college courses. He was on track to complete his associate's degree next fall. Then one day a couple months ago, Tim told me that he had some big news. he had gotten hired as a flight attendant by Hawaiian Airlines. At first, I thought I heard him wrong. Tim had never mentioned wanting to be a flight attendant. It turns out that Tim had been chasing this flight attendant job for a while. He says he first applied way back in 2014, and he said he got to the third interview then. But he didn't get picked. Since then, he has reapplied about every other year or so. Then this year... He was surprised to get the call back, and make it. Did this mean that college would be on hold? It turns out that is what his guidance counselor at the community college had asked him to. My
2: counselor, one of the counselors, was kind of recommending. It. It's like, oh, you don't want to just, uh, you know, take a take a semester off, relax, and kind of enjoy being a flight I was like, no, I really want to just keep busy. You know, I want to keep the momentum going because um, I know what I want. You know, honestly, my priority is to be a computer scientist over being a flight attendant. Like, that is really what I want more than anything else because I can see my whole life uh, playing out and being in the industry of tech and computers and uh, software engineering is something that I can continually do, you know, without ever being
0: bored. Tim is clearly excited about this new gig. The free travel and the ability to explore new places. And he signed up for online courses at his college That he can take on his own time rather than even having to tune into any zoom at a set time what are often called asynchronous courses that you can take on demand he figures he can keep up with his studies from whatever city he happens to be in
2: i always enjoy being productive yeah so i imagine myself you know being in the um i don't know being at airport or being at the hotel that i'm supposed to be staying at and just you know working on my homework and then Uh, Also me doing some programming and, you know, going outside and be like, oh, wow, I forgot I'm in a different country.
0: (laughs) For his first year as a flight attendant, Tim will have to be on standby and pick up whatever shifts that others drop at the last minute. So he's just not going to have as much control over his schedule for a while. I was happy for Tim, and I think he'll be amazing at this job. But this development had me wondering if this was maybe a great reason for him to pause college. Is it better to push through now? Or was that counselor right, that maybe he'll be more successful if he pauses? I decided to put that question to one of those policy folks that I talked to for our first episode. Iris Palmer, a senior advisor for higher education in the workforce for the think tank New America. I got a job as a flight attendant. That's something I really want to try. But, you know, finishing your computer science degree isn't a bad idea. Like, eventually you may want to go back to that. I mean, being a flight attendant is hard and it is like a thing where you have to travel all the time and like maybe your life choices will change and you really want to stay closer to your family, right? So this is the same with trucking and like a lot of programs. Yes, you might get good... Compensation, but like you might want to change. And so staying motivated and staying connected to your program of study, particularly if it's online, but like finishing that program still seems like a good idea. It's just, is it a good enough idea to justify the work? The research shows that those with college degrees make considerably more money than those with only a high school diploma. Over a lifetime, adults with a bachelor's degree earn an average of $1.2 million more than the medium for workers with a high school diploma. That stat is from the Georgetown Center for Education and the Workforce that Iris Palmer and others frequently cite. Tim, by the way, was already sold. He says he feels that he'll be way more stable financially if he can hang in there with his college plans. So how is that juggling going? I talked to Tim last week to hear whether his plans on mixing schoolwork and jet setting are actually doable.
2: My first, actually, extended brain trip was to Boston. Beautiful city, by the way. I, I never understood why people love Boston, but now I totally understand. Yeah, it's amazing. Um But, yeah, I found myself, because especially weird time zones, just waking up at midnight, Boston time, studying for five hours, uh, doing homework till 5 a.m., going out, getting some pastries to take back to Hawaii, and then hopping on the plane. You know, I was exhausted, for sure, but... <laughs> the concept of, I guess, appropriate time to study does not mean anything anymore.
0: But the reality of doing both hard things at the same time has set in. In our last call, Tim kept apologizing for not being as coherent because of his jet lag. And he said he has had to adjust his class schedule significantly, dropping his two hardest classes and replacing them with less rigorous ones. The anthropology and
2: the chemistry class like, was taking so much time and, like, mental and emotional energy out of me, I had to drop those and pick up an elective and instead, that, uh, instead um, because I'm flying so much.
0: So that pushed back my timeline. Now there is very little chance that he's going to finish that associate's degree by this time next year, as he had hoped. Instead, it's likely going to be spring of 2024. I asked him if he ever wishes he had gone right to college after high school as so many of his friends did.
2: I'm happy with the route that I took, even though uh, there's that lingering feeling of, man, I need to hurry up, you know? I need to catch up with everybody. Uh, because it is kind of frustrating not being in the field that you want to be in, having to take your undergraduate, you know, classes, uh, gen ed, because it, I feel like the life that I really want to be a part of be in, is just like this close, you know? Um, But I don't think I would do it any other way, just because internally, I understand who I am. I feel like I'm aligned with the person that I want to be. Uh, And I was able to deal with all of the highest problems that I had before. You know, like the inner demons, as they say. Yeah. Uh, If I didn't have the time in between, then I would probably... uh, be, there'd definitely be some more landmines you know, out on the field that I may step on at one point.
0: And who knows, maybe I'd lose that great job that I get. After the break, in Michigan, Paul hits a different kind of obstacle at what should be the finish line of his degree. Stay with us. Paul Carr studied at Morehouse College decades ago, majoring in political science. And he was just three classes away from the proper number of credits to get a bachelor's degree. So when he heard last year that Morehouse was starting an online program designed for returning students, it seemed to be an ideal fit. The one issue was that the new Morehouse Online offered only a single major to start out. Business, not political science. But Paul decided not to worry about that detail too much, figuring it would all work out somehow. He recently finished a year of courses at Morehouse Online. And he has loved the work he's done in class. As we detailed in our last episode, he's felt challenged and engaged in ways that have really reminded him of being back on campus decades ago. Yet, after taking this full year of courses, Paul has realized he might not have made much progress toward finishing
3: that degree. I literally thought I would be in school for one year and I'd have my degree. And then it's like, oh, wait wait, you're not offering this anytime soon? Like, I thought even, okay, I'll, I'll wait. I can take some business classes until the police side department opens, and then I'll finish, right? No clue on when that's happening, at least at Morehouse. And so, you know, I have no clue. I, I honestly don't know. That's that. That's that limbo, man, that I'm in. I'm in a state of limbo.
0: He's not sure what the timeline is now to finish at Morehouse. And in what seems like an episode out of a dystopian novel... Paul is technically further away from a degree now than when he started Morehouse Online a year ago.
3: Right now, it's looking like if I continue, it's looking like I'd be in this program for another two and a half years. I'd have to take the entirety of their business program. Um, and I don't know that that I don't know if that's the path that I should be taking. I don't know that it's equitable or fair to me, Um so that's, those are the questions that I'm exploring right now, like talking to people who can kind of better guide me on, okay, no, 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 the school can't do this or they, ha- they can do that. They have to honor this. They, they don't have to honor that. I'm just learning what is all um, possible by talking to people that aren't connected to the program. And because I love Morris, I recognize I'm very, I'm very patient, um, but I also have to be fair to me. It turns out Paul is not the only one hitting logistical snags in this college's brand new online program. You know, there's been a lot of discontent. There are a lot of guys that are leaving the program. Um, and they, cause they got to do what they got to do. You know, they got to finish a um, lot of, a lot of issues have been with credits from their other institutions, not transferring over. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now you're retaking classes. and I mean, you know, math is math everywhere. English is English everywhere. It's not, Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing special about one school's math.
0: The online students, they got organized. And they brought their concerns and suggestions to Morehouse officials recently.
3: There was a letter that we we, uh, crafted as a student body to the school to kind of point out, or the online program to point out, the blind spots that we've been, um, been dealing with and some plausible solutions to them. So not only did we point out like, okay, these are the, you know, it's almost like beta testing. Not only did we point out, these are the issues with the app, so to speak, um, but here are some things that we suggest could work from our standpoint as users, as people that are, um, as the students. And uh, we didn't receive a, a response via email. However, there was an email that went out to the entire online community that there would be a town hall. The president of Morehouse and others at the college did hold that town
0: hall just a couple weeks
3: ago. You know, they addressed pretty much everything that we listed. The only thing they didn't do was give us like a transparent deadline as to when these things will be fixed. So we're all many of us are still in limbo. There are a lot of a lot of issues that they just they they weren't able to first see.
0: Paul stressed that his goal is to make the program successful.
3: Like Most of the issues that um, that the student, the online student body, you know, are experiencing don't have anything to do with me. But in the spirit of solidarity, we're all kind of supporting one another. Um, there are a lot of, you know, there's an issue with the um, Expanding the program courses, there's a a disconnect, I think, between the faculty and the online program itself, um, getting approval for certain courses to be added. There's a long, arduous process that has kind of set, set things back. So from a user standpoint, like we need classes, right, in order to finish. And it's kind of making it more unclear as to what a clear path to graduation for many of us actually looks like. And he hears his late father urging him on in that struggle. No. And in in the words of my dad, life is not a spectator sport. You know, you got to get involved. That's what he said. So, you know, to my brothers before I was born, they were at a beach here in Michigan and he was kind of probably dozing off um, under, under uh, the umbrella or whatever. And two of my brothers were watching a kid drown and they, they came and got my dad and he jumped up and ran in there and swam and got the kid out. And then he kind of grabbed him up because of the severity of the situation and told them both, listen, life is not a spectator sport. When you see something, you got to get involved. And so, yeah, I, I take that very seriously And in, in this regard. I can't sit idly by. I have to make it happen. Um, and in the meantime, I'm taking the, you know, the. the the, the good with the bad. So this is not, uh, this is a challenging experience, but there are still some very beautiful things that are happening simultaneously. And so I'm present for those things. Like I'm here for that. And um, I'm soaking it all up, you know. There's going to be challenges. Anything worth having is going to, you got to fight for it, right? So
0: It turns out that from the beginning, even some faculty at Morehouse had concerns about creating this new online program. It seems the biggest question was whether the college could deliver the unique and high-quality education Morehouse is known for, bringing what has been called the Morehouse mystique to an online format. It's, not, it's no secret that there was some hesitation um, because we have, quite frankly, we have an older faculty that's very traditional, and so for them, they sort of are in the school of thought of true learning takes place in person. That's Keisha Tassi, an associate professor of communication at Morehouse who is one of the professors in the online program. She had taught online in the past at a different institution. And she felt confident that great teaching in the Morehouse style could be done online. So there was some hesitation because of that. There was some hesitation, um, even if that wasn't the concern, there was some hesitation in um, the speed with which we were planning to do it. Um, and so there was some hesitation, some concern, some challenge, some skepticism around it. To be clear, I conducted that interview with Dr. Tassi earlier in the semester before the students raised their concerns about the program. More recently, I did reach out to officials at Morehouse for a comment, but so far haven't gotten one. The tensions on display at Morehouse highlight a larger question about the value of a college degree. Is there something magical about taking the full amount of credits in one cohesive program? In other words, doing all of the study at the same college in the same model. Or is taking a college math class somewhere the same as taking it anywhere? Or should there be something about each college that's worth making students go through its system? So for now, Paul is in limbo. But he is trying to keep things in perspective.
3: What I'm not doing is stretching out about it. Um, I'm just... Being very pragmatic and, and logical with my steps, I'm taking the, I'm taking one class this semester because I have so much other stuff that's going on in my life <laughs> uh, that I don't. What's that I class? Can. It's just English Comp Two, which was one of the three classes that I needed <laughs> to finish uh, to finish my degree that last semester. It would have been English Comp Two and then um, microeconomics and macroeconomics. I don't know how I would have pulled them both off in the same semester. Those were the three that I needed, right?
0: The business program that Gina Peterson recently completed at Kirkwood Community College was designed to avoid the situation Paul is in. The Kirkwood program is a competency-based program, meaning that if students come in already knowing a required skill in a course, they can skip over having to do much studying on that material if they can demonstrate that competency on a quiz or an assignment. As Gina explained in our last episode, her online courses didn't meet at set times on Zoom. Instead, she went through a list of assigned tasks, did assigned readings, and watched online videos at her own pace. Often that meant going to class involved watching TED Talks.
1: I have watched about a thousand TED Talks during this whole journey, and there isn't one that I haven't enjoyed and taken stuff away from. So much to the fact that I now just freely go out and find TED Talks to watch because
0: I enjoy them. I also love TED Talks, and I've maybe watched as many as Gina has over the years, which made me wonder what is the difference between the informal learning that so many of us do on the internet and a course of college study that can lead to a vaunted degree?
1: Yeah, totally. I have asked that 50,000 times. Why am I doing this? Why am I paying for this? I go to YouTube, that's where I'm learning from, or um, the Harvard Business Law Review or the Harvard Journal, free online. Like they're just giving it away. Uh, So it's structured, right? And there's, like I said, there's different learning objectives to each module. And in the end, you're paying for the structure, you're paying for the instruction. The way that you know that you're doing it right is the homework grade. If you're getting the right grades, You've got the right competency. You've got that, you've got that right interpretation of it. Because I can watch a TED talk, you can watch the same exact TED talk, and we may come away with two completely different opinions of it or two different takeaways of it completely. I mean, the the main focus of the TED talk is the topic itself, but we might interpret it a different way. And is that way right or wrong? Don't know. But what the, what the instructors are looking for is, is the, you know, the, the takeaway in your interpretation of it. Gina says she learned so much in her program,
0: including skills in math and statistics that she occasionally uses in her job now. But in an ideal world, she wishes there would be even more opportunities for students to test out of parts of college they already know.
1: I think there should be. I think there should be a way that you go in and you do like a like, a, <clears throat> wouldn't be an SAT, of course, or an ACT, but, you know, you go in and you test out of as much as you can. And, you know, if you can prove proficiency, you're go, you know, pay for the test and here you go. It's not the way the system works, though, because colleges don't make
0: money that way. Despite occasional doubts during her seven years in Kirkwood's competency-based program, Gina is a true believer in the value of the degree as a marker of her skills and personal growth. Here's how she put the meaning of that degree in one of our early conversations.
1: Will be the biggest accomplishment I've ever done in my whole entire life, and I will definitely be introducing myself. Hi, my name is Gina, and I'm a college graduate.
0: And now that she's finished, it turns out I wasn't the only one asking to go to Gina's graduation ceremony.
1: I mean, my mom would be there in a heartbeat. And don't get me wrong, she would be screaming as I was walking across the stage and all of that good stuff. But she also understands that I'm not that type of person. So she's like, if you don't want to, then don't. I'm like, okay, good. All
0: three of these students we've been following are true believers in the value of a college degree. It's something they've invested time and money in. And getting a degree now is tied into their identity and their sense of self. Paul Carr says his concern, though, is that the next generation isn't nearly as sold. Paul knows about this issue firsthand because his older son, Kaiam, recently stopped out of college, and he feels no urgency to return. Kaiam is 23 years old, and he followed in his dad's footsteps and went to Morehouse. He even had the same major as his dad, political science. But when I talked to kayam he told me that despite their similarities, he and his father have different views on
5: college. I think it's, it's a different perspective when it comes to my generation, because within the last few years, me and my peers have branched out and find so many different more like opportunities where success or what we label as success can come from and, and um, It definitely comes from degrees. Like I have a couple of my friends and peers that graduated from from college, wherever they went to, um, being successful in their career. But I also have friends who have degrees and have graduated from their institution that are kind of in a limbo area. So um, I think right now what's best for me personally is figuring out uh, what it is that I'm passionate about. And if that requires me to, you know, go out and finish my degree, then of course, by all means, you know, I'm, I'm full steam ahead. But if my passion, if, if what I need to do to get there doesn't require that I need a degree, then it's, it's not a priority for me.
0: I asked Kaiem and Paul to join me on a Zoom call together and talk out their differences about the importance of a degree. Kaiem was wearing a Nintendo 64 shirt, a classic video game system that actually Paul might have played back when he was in his 20s. Kayam says he is passionate about jobs and gigs that just don't require a college degree. He's been building a following on Twitch, the streaming service that encourages people to watch users play video games as they give color commentary or otherwise engage with their audience
5: online. That's kind of where I'm at right now, um, figuring out what that exactly is, because the, the last thing I want to do is because I know that, you know, my parents and many of my peers' parents, you know, they work so hard for a lot of us to go to school. The last thing you want to do is kind of be there and you're just there, you know, you, you're, you're just there. So I want to make sure that I have a, a, a clear understanding of what it is that I'm passionate about before I make any further movements.
0: I asked Paul what he said to his son when Kayim first told him he was stopping out of Morehouse. And by the way, it turns out Paul's younger son also stopped out of college for now.
3: Like, I didn't want them to do it. I didn't want them to take a break. I didn't want either of them to take a break. I wanted them to finish because I know um, how life starts to happen firsthand. Like, I know how easy it is to um, start living and then incurring um, the responsibilities of adulting. You become a parent, a father, a husband, a homeowner. Um, you know, uh, you just start having to pay, you know, taxes, property taxes, like things happen, you know, it was a really uh, tight moment. You know, I didn't want them to to stop. I didn't want that momentum. And, you know, on a practical level, the investment that my wife and I have been making to not have a return.
0: At the same time, Paul says he does see upsides
3: to this break from school that Kaiem is taking. Kaiem, for example, had an apartment in in Atlanta. Um, he moved off campus, and and then he and his roommates got a, got an apartment. And so I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing a huge shot in his in his growth in adulting, like his abilities to manage a household and like put it into put it into practice. And so in that way. Um, And and again, like he said, he's he's growing and evolving in that way. I see the benefit of him taking time away, because I think part of the problem is that the model for higher education is, in a sense, antiquated in so much that we ask children, you know, they're they're technically adults legally at 18. Right. But we're asking children to decide what they want to do for the remainder of their their years alive. And th- there's no way that they can know coming out of high school what that really looks like. And there, it, it, it used to work. You used to, you know, first of all, there weren't women in the workforce when this model was a, a, a really big deal. Um, and so women knew that they were, you know, they were essentially entering a life of domestication, which is awful. Right. The, the, the sexism and misogyny behind that is just really bad. Um, it's a, it's a moral and irrational, but, uh, men were going to, you know, either take blue collar trade jobs, which college wasn't necessary, or they would become an accountant or an engineer, um, an attorney, you know, a doctor, we, we, there were, you know, five or six, you know, trajectories that you could take. And so education was kind of, um, you knew what you were going to do. You really only had a few options. Um, and then if you didn't need college, you, you know, you become a mechanic or you become, you know, some some skilled trade worker and you still require an education. But those men, young men live their lives and they retired doing the same thing for 40 years. Right. And it's not it's, there's so many more. The, the world is such a, a, um, a, a much more smaller place, but such a vastly larger place at the same time. Opportunity is abundant. So there are a multitude of ways. Like I used to tell Q, he's got his Nintendo shirt on and I used to tell him he'd, he'd be gaming. And I was like, hey, listen, cut that crap off mm. until you can like show me that you can make a living playing these video games. If you're wasting your time, cut it off. And what did he do? He went out and got a job on a gaming truck. And so now that he's streaming, it's kind of been, and I, I love the fact that he's determined and stubborn um, like my dad he he's built like my dad and he reminds me a lot of my father his grand his grandpa and um i i, I love that his determination and will if you if you tell him he can't do something he'll do it so really I probably should have used reverse psychology and said dude there's no way you could finish in four years you can't do that you know what I mean <laughs> it might have worked that he went straight through <laughs> but it's, it's kind of awesome to see him um <laughs> finding ways that are, that, that matches passion to, you know, kind of make money, maybe not as much money as I, as I think, you know, could be made um, if he had, you know, some, some business classes or or something like that to show him different ways. I'm being kind of sarcastic, but also somewhat serious um, where he could enterprise his passion a little bit more. So.
0: You know, when you, when you hear your dad's advice, when he says, I think you should finish full through, like I'm sure you've had that conversation what do you What is your argument back base what is your basic in a nutshell like a short argument back
5: and i I feel like I feel like the conversation that we can never escape is is time and um the time around us has changed a lot. you feel me and um i i think I think from the generation that precedes me um like my my parents. Generation, again, like my father said, when the the school system was implemented, there was only about six or seven jobs that people could really go into in the workforce. Um, my parents were raised with parents who, a lot of the times, worked at plants. A lot of the times, worked at these hard, you know, labor. Yeah, hard laboring jobs, where their parents would tell them that the way out of this and to avoid this is to get an education. And you know, get into a better position. So with that, with that upbringing, and that being instilled in a person, your per, your only perspective is going to be that education is the way. And it's it's a completely different day and age. Again, people are making a lot of money doing other things. So my quick argument would always be that there's always another way, right? Yes, education, like I said, knowledge is is good, but it's not the end all be all. I can still be successful without it.
0: I guess, what would you say to somebody, if an expert that I've interviewed was here and saying, I, I hear you, but the statistics are that you might want a job later in life that requires a college degree and that you're better off just finishing it. What would you say to that
5: argument? Um, okay. So I, I think it would be a more, how long am I doing my uh, streaming? So how long am I building this community? So that my point, my point being, a person can build their community. Let's say I have a hundred thousand subscribers on Twitch, right? A hundred thousand subscribers on Twitch means that every person that subscribed to your account is subbing to it for five ninety nine a month, right? If a hundred thousand people are subscribed to your Twitch every month, you're seeing that times that five ninety nine. Then you kind of quitting that or leaving that community to go work a job after that in the near future. Yes, I can understand that. You know. And anything can happen, right? The Bill Gates or anybody can snap their fingers and metaverse is gone, right? But I can say the same thing for the jobs. And I can still say it currently today for the jobs that a lot of the jobs that we have today aren't going to be here tomorrow. A lot of the jobs that we're going into work every day or people clock in and clock out every day are being replaced every single day by new, new technology. Technology is statistically becoming a bigger and bigger part of today's society as we speak and um and you know we will always have the core uh work fields and i can always respect that but it would make no sense for me knowing that the world is heading into a more technology dominant like world and society to to leave that and abandon that in hopes that i might be able to pick up a job in a nine to five where i clock in and clock out and you know, put all of these hours behind the desk and I might be able to get this. It's a lot of might where I know that me myself can physically put the work in to build my community in the metaverse or wherever I want to and you know still make a profit and living off of it. So I I think that's it would to me it wouldn't make no sense.
0: Just what is your reaction to hearing that?
5: Um
3: as a father when I hear Q say that, you know, it's he can he can he can put his eggs in the basket of education and there's no guarantee that the statistics will be in his favor cuz some of those jobs might go the way of the dinosaur um and he it's it's about how much he puts into it in a way like i i i had to sit back and just listen and say i'm 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 somewhat proud that he is willing to and he has been um working diligently to bring to fruition what it is that he envisions for himself um the other side so there's one part of, of of that dad that I'm proud that he is working diligently to to make happen what he envisions for himself. The other side of that dad coin is that I wish he had had that drive for school um and then from a historical standpoint, I'm like, wow, I'm hearing him.' and his generation almost make the same missteps that previous generations have made where they put all their education, I mean, all of their eggs into a basket where these job markets are going the way of the dinosaur. Um, you know, a perfect example are people who are, you know, going into like truck driving school, like truck drivers can make a, a ton of money, um transporting goods and services across the country into Canada and Mexico here in Detroit, it's a big deal because we have the largest international border crossing in North America. However, with you know autonomous vehicles coming, you know what happens to to that investment is the people that are financing you know semis um not only have they you know financed their education whether it's out of their pocket or they're or they're getting you know loans. Um, to to go to school, and then then they're paying these loans back. And and then we've got cars that park themselves and and people getting in Ubers that take you from point A to point B with no no driver. Um, You know, there's Willow Run Airport just outside of Ypsilanti, Michigan here um, in between Detroit and Ann Arbor, where U of M is, University of Michigan. They're turning that old airport into an autonomous vehicle testing site. I mean, there's hundreds of millions of dollars going into that. Um, and what happens to the truck drivers now, to all the people who have put all of that money into those careers. So, you know, historically, I, I see what Kayyem is saying, but I almost feel like that approach is, is is doing the same thing. It's deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra would say. At this point in the conversation, we were running short on time. So I gave Kayyem
0: the last word, asking if he could sum up his takeaways from the conversation with his dad.
5: My takeaway would be that um, with the understanding that my father is a father that does love me and my siblings, um, I know that the advice that he gives is only coming from a place of that love, right? And um, I know that regardless of what the decision that I decide to make, he's going to be in full support. Um, With that, I also understand that... um, that education is important. So the uh, f- fine line that he's speaking of to uh, work towards building that, that happy, whole um, life, lifestyle, um, I definitely take that in- into consideration. And I always take away um, from the conversations that we have about it.
0: In a way, this conversation ends in a kind of limbo as well. It's a time of uncertainty, and no one knows quite what the future holds. College is a kind of bet, gamble. And even if it feels like a safe bet, it can feel daunting to get all the way through. One takeaway from this series for me is that American higher education is still largely designed for people who can really focus on it in a sustained way. And yet more and more people find it hard to get that kind of space and time in their lives to do it. College often seems like something you have to leave the real world to go do, instead of something that truly fits in as an activity that can be done on the side. Which means that as more colleges announce plans to try to attract returning college students, they should listen to the students they're trying to serve and better understand their complicated stories. This has been the Ed Surge Podcast. Every week we explore the future of learning. This is the finale of our Second Act series. Please support the EdSearch podcast by following us wherever you listen and tell a friend about the series so we can keep doing more like this in the future. And please take a minute to give us a rating or a review wherever you do listen. That helps support the show. This episode was written and produced by me, Jeff Young. I am not on Twitch, but I am on Twitter at jr Young. Editing this episode was by Rob McGinley Myers. And special thanks to Becky Koenig. Music this episode by Blue Dot Sessions. And that version of Pomp and Circumstance March Number 1 in D from the top of our show was by the Leo Symphony Orchestra. This podcast series is supported by the Lumina Foundation. We'll be back next week with a regular episode of the Ed Surge podcast. Thanks for listening.